When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, if you've listened to this podcast before, you'll know words like feature quite heavily. So, if you've got kids listening or you're easily offended, I'd highly advise you to Esteemed Deaf Pals. Now, it turns out some of you have been complaining that these episodes aren't long enough. (laughs) Well then, you'll be dying to know that this isn't all of it, you wonderful twits. After you've finished hearing how your favourite guests are going to peg it, they join me over at Six Feet Under to read through your real-life death-related anecdotes. That's actually beautiful, the fact that she made it with her hands and so you still have a bit of her. It's so special. And I'm inside (laughs) With her fingers inside you. Decaying skin. And tell us what they're taking to the grave with them. For just £2.99 a month, you get all that and every episode completely ad-free. Oh, the dream. So, as the Grim Reaper says, get on with it and subscribe. Head to where there's a will, there's com for details. Right, let's get cracking. Hello, I'm Cathy Burke, and welcome to this hopeless hole in the podcast sphere where your loved ones quash your pitiful efforts. The journey to success is a steep, strenuous hill and failure is never in doubt. Oh, and look who it is, coming in ninth place at the London Marathon, Mo Farah, not fucking good enough, mate. Welcome to... Where there's a will, there's a way. As we drag our feet towards our final destination, it's time to welcome our guests to this bleak bunker. Now, some podcasts like to talk about therapy and friendship, others about the ways in which they failed in life. Lovely. But on this show, we're interested in who's carrying your coffin when your time on earth is up. And joining us today to reveal all her funeral hopes and dreams is the fabulous... Elizabeth Day. That is the best introduction ever. I want a choir to follow me wherever I go just to announce me when I enter a room. Well, they do follow me, actually, Elizabeth, and it gets a little bit interesting. You know what I mean? Especially when, uh, if it's mellow, if it's yellow, let it mellow. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it's, uh, everybody likes our, our lovely choir, Mr Rathbone's choir. Um, welcome. welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a delight to be here. Well, we're delighted to have you, Elizabeth. And uh, I was just I was just saying, listener, before we started recording, I've been doing my research. I've been a very good girl. I listened to your How to Fail book. Did you? I did, actually. I did, I did, which I thought was fantastic because you you got the How to Fail podcast, which is a huge success. And um, I remember listening to one with Vanessa Feltz. Yes. 
fabulous. You should get her on this. She'd be amazing. I mean, she's one of those people. She's incredibly open. Yeah. Um, but she's also, I think she's probably one of the smartest broadcasters in this country. Totally agree. And, uh, you know, and gets a lot of stick for no fucking reason, I think, other than being a woman, mm. you know, but I think she's terrific. I thought she was great on your How to Fail podcast. She was so brilliant and she's also one of those dream guests where, as you say, because she's so bright and so eloquent, mm. you barely have to say or ask anything. Yes. <laughs> You'll ask one question <laughs> and she'll end up giving you this 10-minute disquisition on the end of her first marriage and what it taught her. Okay. And I really just had to listen and sit there in total awe but she's really vulnerable in it yeah. and it, it's super fascinating I think when you interview people who have lived through the 90s yes. and who were in the public eye in the 90s yeah, yeah. because especially as a woman and especially as someone like Vanessa who was in the public eye and who put herself out there she went through awful awful stuff like headlines comparing her to a zeppelin and then yeah. all of the outrage over her alleged meltdown on celebrity big brother whereas now when we look at reality tv that's quite small fry <laughs> very tame actually very tame yeah so she was brilliant love her yeah well we love vanessa and we love your podcast how to fail and also you write novels and and also your latest book friendaholic which i found very, very interesting because I've been through a few friends in my old lifetime, which I think you do. Friends come and go. Yeah. You know? Right. Let's get on with it, shall we? So, before we hear all the details about your perfect death in this fantasy world, from pegging it to who's getting what when you've left this mortal coil, we need to know first, what is the last meal you had on Earth? So, did you know your time was coming up and therefore tuck into a four-course extravaganza? Or maybe it was a Tesco meal deal grab and dash? So, tell us, what would be your last supper? I'm assuming that I do know my time's up. Okay. And therefore, I am making the most of that by eating everything. All of the meals, all at once. <laughs> so, I think I would start with a perfectly ripe avocado vinaigrette. Oh, nice. Uh, and then I would go on to a really perfect roast chicken with crackly skin, loads mm. of bread sauce, roast potatoes. And then I love potatoes. So I just have like potatoes many different ways. So like a gratin d'orfinoise, uh-huh. a baked potato with beans and grated cheddar cheese. <laughs> um, I'd have some chips in there. Um, how else can you do potato? Mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes, gravy. yes. Um, and then I also really like aubergines. So I'd probably have like a Lebanese aubergine stew just mm. as a vegetable side. Mm. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not too keen on that. Okay. This is where we differ. I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't like the old aubergines. But we can still be friends. That's we the can. thing that I learned. Well, because we do love <laughs> chips. We do. See, there's, so, a, there's a central point of our Venn diagram. Yeah, potatoes. Spuds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and for pudding? For put, I'm actually not really a pudding person, so I probably just have a vast cheese board. Oh, great! Yeah, there's loads and loads of cheese. Yeah, any particular favourite cheese? I like a hard cheese. Mm. I'm I'm half Swiss. I like a Gruyere or a Conte. Nice. Yeah, I'm not a massive fan of blue cheese. All right, but I'll allow it to be on the board just in yes. case I feel like it on my last night on earth. Yeah, you might want that little bit of. Um, what is the taste of that blue? It's sort of. Is it, is it fungus? It's like tangy mould, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. 
which I have to say, I, 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 I quite like it. Yeah. I like a little bit of blue. But but what was the other one? Comte, is Comte it? and Gruyere. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. two faves. Very good. Comte's very good in, um, like, pastas, you know. It Because so, even though it's rock hard, it sort of melts quite nicely, doesn't it? I'm literally salivating. Like, yes. <laughs> Melty Comte to shuffle mm. off this mortal coil with. Good. Well, wonderful. That sounds delicious. But now, I'm afraid, you have to die, Elizabeth. The death. So, how did you die? Well, I'm very aware that this is a fantasy death, because mm-hmm. in reality, it would probably be something so stupid. Like, I would have got pavement rage oh, because no. someone was walking way too slowly in front of me on Oxford Street, and we probably got into a physical altercation and I... I ended up in the road in the path of a double-decker bus. That's probably what happened. (laughs) I'm just a simmering cauldron of petty rage most of the time. But in my fantasy life and death, I because it's a fantasy, I'm also imagining a holiday home. I don't have one, but in my fantasy death I do. Yes. Which is a gorgeous... Italian villa mm. in Puglia or somewhere. Oh, I've never been there. With its neither have I actually, but oh. I've seen the pictures and yes. it looks nice. Uh, sort of nice tomato plants outside. Tomatoes warm by the sun in mm. our own vegetable garden, and I would be very ancient, and I would be in bed upstairs. And my husband, Justin, and my best friend, Emma, would be there. Nice. And I would just be feeling like I wanted to go to sleep. I love sleep so Mm. much. I think sleep is extremely underrated, just bed generally. I'd always rather leave a party and have more sleep than stay to the end of the party. Well, I've had parties in my house and, and gone to bed. And oh, let, that's the ultimate. Let them get on with it, I'm you so see. I'm proud of you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you sleep anywhere? Not really, but if, I, if I'm if i knackered and if I've had enough, I will go to bed. Yeah. I've got some friends that uh, live in France and I was out there one Christmas and New Year and, of course, they're an hour ahead, aren't they, yeah. in France. Oh, I was just doing that thing of waiting till midnight and, honest to God, it got to 10 to... 12, and I, I just said, look, lads, I, 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 I can't be fucking arsed. I, I, I just I just want to go to bed. Happy New Year. See you in the morning. <laughs> so even 10 minutes away from New Year, if I want to go to bed, I'll go to bed. Yeah, I did that this New Year. We did both you? went to bed before midnight. Isn't it great? It's so great because you feel quite anarchic doing yes, it. Yes, <laughs> yes. That, quite that's, rebellious. It's very rebellious. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of glad... Um, what do they call it? FOMO, that fear yes. of missing out. A new year, when you're younger, yeah. that's like the massive thing, isn't it? Like the party you've got to be at. Um, and it, one of the joys of being older is things like that. You just don't give a stuff about anymore. Totally. You just know yourself much better. Yeah. So what what's the public response, do you think? Because, you know, you're very popular. People love your books and they love your podcasts. And I'm just thinking, would there be, like, hordes of fans sort of <laughs> trying to clamour outside the bedroom window? Or or do you think it would just be a little bit more muted? I think it would be really muted because, actually, I am an incredibly needy person. Okay. As, as you will know, having read Friendaholic, which mm. is my latest book, which is all about how I have an existential fear of ending up alone, so I try to have as many friends as possible and how that's not ultimately sustainable. Mm-hmm. So the actual death... It will just be Justin and Emma and mm. my cat Huxley, although 
I mean, I'm just imagining him as a cat who can live like 90 years. So Yeah, yeah. Because they've got nine lives, apparently. Yeah, so. he'll just reincarnate himself. Mm. But beyond that, I would genuinely love a state funeral. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. And I know I'm not meant to say that. I'm meant to be all humble and like, oh, it would just be lovely just having my nearest and dearest. No. I want waves of mourning. Obviously, it's not going to happen, but something like that in my head where there are lots of people saying, oh, she meant so much and the world will never be the same again. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think we can make that happen. Really? Here at Where There's a Will, There's a Way. (laughs) Of course, mate. And how would you like to be remembered? I think I'd like to be remembered as someone who was kind and who made a positive difference in some way. Mm. And... One of the things that, to get deep for a moment, I've struggled with is uh, not having my own children. Yes. And it's something I'd love to talk to you about now or another time. Yeah, we talk now. Yeah, Yeah. okay. So I don't know if you feel this as well, but because it hasn't happened for me Mm. and I'm now coming to terms with the fact that it won't ever happen for me. Okay. I, um, I worry about legacy. Oh, right. And I worry about meaning, like making meaning of life and yes. purpose because I think society elevates the idea of parenthood as something that gives life meaning and purpose and right. you're cultivating the next generation and isn't that an amazing thing? And I won't have that. So there are other ways that I am really passionate about looking into in terms of making a difference. So writing books yeah. about things that are important giving a voice to people who might not feel that they can speak on things like fertility, that's all very, very important to me. So I think I'd like to be remembered for that. Yeah, I think that's great. And I I think you will be remembered for that because I sort of feel it's only in the last few years, you know, that women in particular have been able to talk about the menopause openly. And also this thing about fertility. Um, I think, I mean, it must have been so painful for you at times. And to then sort of put down on paper and express how you feel absolutely helps other people. And I think what you do with your talking about it and writing about it, you you must have had hundreds of letters and emails from from other women saying, thank you, Elizabeth, for talking about this, you know, because it will help. Yeah, I, I have. And that's a really beautiful gift that life has given me that I never expected. And actually... It can feel very lonely if you don't have a child in a society that sometimes fetishizes (laughs) children and parenting. Yeah. And what I've discovered through writing about it and talking about my own journey is that there's this community of other people out there. And I don't feel alone because I feel like there's an enormous amount of strength in that solidarity. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't always have to be spoken. I know that it's there. Yes. Can I ask you how you feel about not having kids? Yeah, well, me not having kids, I mean, I had a bit of a different journey to you because I discovered sort of quite late that I could never have had them. I've got something called Hughes syndrome, which is the layman's term for a very much longer word (laughs) for, for this disease, and it's a blood disease. And it was discovered by a wonderful professor at St Thomas's Hospital who was trying to work out why a lot of ladies he he was looking after couldn't go full term in the, with their pregnancies and that's how he discovered this syndrome 
I suppose is the best way to describe it. So he discovered that when I was sort of probably in my mid-30s and then I got quite poorly when I was in my early 40s. And one of the things, along with everything else that happened to me, I was told, you've got Hughes syndrome. So I didn't know what that was, so I went and met Professor Hughes. I made an appointment with him. And um, he said to me, looked at all my, you know, doings, all my blood charts and everything like that, and he said to me, did you ever really want children? I was 42 at that time. And I said, do you know what? I have to be honest. I said, I, I sort of feel quite lucky. I felt very broody a couple of times in my life, but I, I wasn't with the right person. Mm. So I never went through with getting pregnant with that or trying to get pregnant. So um, he said to me anyway, Professor Hughes, he said, well, you're very lucky that it's not your heart's desire to have a child. He said, because I'm telling you now, you would never have been able to carry a child. So that was sort of quite fascinating to know, yeah. really. Um, and I did, I just sort of felt really lucky. I felt really lucky that, like he said, having children wasn't my heart's desire, mm. you know? And also, the other thing I sort of felt quite glad about was, oh, crumbs, because there was a couple of lovely men in my life that wanted to have babies with me. And I thought about them, and I thought, oh, gosh... I'm really bloody old because they're lovely daddies now. Do, do you know what yeah. I mean? And I thought, well, if I'd have stuck with them and, and gone, OK, let's let's give this relationship a go, I could never have given them a child, do, you know? That's so beautiful. And in a way, by ending the relationship, you end up giving them a child. In... Well, that's how I sort of come yeah, to terms with it in a beautiful. really weird way. That That's totally what helped me come to terms with it, Elizabeth, even though... I'll be honest, I don't think it was, you know, like I had to come to terms. It wasn't like a big hole in my life. Do, do you know what I mean? I do, yeah. But it must be incredibly difficult when, when having children is your heart's desire, you know? First of all, thank you so much for sharing that because I really value hearing from other women who are on a similar, if not the same path. Uh -huh. And it gives me such like hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I think having children was one of my heart's desires, but it wasn't the sole one. And I feel very lucky too, mm. because I do have a creative outlet in writing books, in doing the podcast. Yeah. And that gives my life this vocational meaning. Uh -huh. And if I didn't have that, I think I'd really struggle. But I do, so I'm very lucky too. Yeah, Good. Well, you've got your uh, obituary, you see, the yes. old obituary. So what publication would you like your obituary in? <laughs> I'd like it to be in the Radio Times. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I love the Radio Times. Christmas special? Yes, uh, 100%. The fortnightly. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Even if I don't die anywhere near Christmas, mm. I'd like them to devote their Christmas bumper special to me. Because the Radio Times has a really high circulation. Okay. <laughs> it's got a million readers. <laughs> And I know this because I used to write for them. Right. And they were always lovely to write for. Yeah. And you always got amazing scoops from people who sort of underestimated the Radio Times and they right. would agree to this interview and suddenly you're like sitting opposite Clint Eastwood or something. <laughs> um, so I'd like it to be in the Radio Times and also because my grandparents always used to get the Radio Times and I associate it with them and I just feel like there'd be a lovely sense of continuity. Very nice. And, uh, and reincarnation. We, we often have a little chat about reincarnation. Whether you'd want to be animal, vegetable, 
vegetable or mineral. Okay, I'm going to say animal, and I want to come back as my cat Huxley because he has an amazing life. Okay. <laughs> he has an incredible life where he's pampered and cared for, and I spend a lot of time trying to work out what's going on in his head. Mm-hmm. But I know that's also quite a boring answer because I imagine lots of people say that. So then I also thought about coming back as a mineral and coming back as a cliff. A cliff? Yes. Richard? <laughs> <laughs> Is there any other famous cliffs? I'm just trying to think. There must be another. Oh, Cliff from um, that guy who was in Dallas. Was there an actor called Cliff? Oh, yes. But anyway, It's the name cliff. of an era, isn't it? Anyway, yeah. none of those cliffs, but like an actual cliff made of rock. So you want to be, um, what, like yeah. the White Cliffs of Dover? Yes, I think I'd like to be an Irish cliff. Oh, an Irish yeah. cliff, nice. I, I grew up in the north of Ireland and there were some lovely cliffs around the coastline there. Mm. And uh, I like being high up. I'm pretty tall anyway. Okay. <laughs> I think I'd love a constant sea view. Yeah. And I just, I like the fact that I'd be there over centuries and I'd gradually erode but it'd be a completely different sort of lifespan from a human lifespan so I think I'd like to shape the landscape so I think I might like to be a cliff I think that's brilliant Thank you. I actually think that's probably the best reincarnation answers we've had Goddess Charlie isn't it he did have a cucumber, which was bloody brilliant. Bimini said a cucumber. Oh, That's Bimini not my said a cucumber, <laughs> which will scare the cats. Yes, they get so scared of cucumbers. What the printers. fuck is that about? I don't know. And printers. Yes, like um, printers that print off. Oh right, and stuff. I can understand that a bit more. To, yeah. But to be suddenly startled by a cucumber. <laughs> but if you think about it, a cucumber is quite a weird. It's like a static eel. And eels oh. are quite scary. Oh no! Now you've now you've solved that little riddle for me. I told you, you I spent a lot of time trying to work out what Huxley's thinking. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this short break. This is an advertisement for BetterHelp Therapy Online. Goddess Charlie, you all right? You look a bit tense. What makes you say that? Well, <laughs> you're biting your nails and your leg is shaking like a horny chihuahua. Oh, yeah. Now you mention it, I do feel a bit stressed. Come on then, spill the beans to Auntie Kath. What's on your mind? That's the weird thing. I don't actually know. It could be the endless sleepless nights I spend strategising on how I'm going to get a ticket to Glastonbury this year, or it could be the triple espresso I necked to make sure I didn't fall asleep on the way to work. Blimey, goddess. Whatever it is, you should invest some time in getting to the bottom of it. You're right. It's no good letting things fester and get out of control, especially when it's so convenient to talk to therapists now. Ah, you mean our friends at BetterHelp? Precisely. It's entirely online and suited to your schedule. With over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. And our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash wake. That's Better, H-E-L-P, dot com, slash wake. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. The Funeral Podcast.
So, lovely listeners, before we get into hearing all about Elizabeth's perfect funeral, if you find yourself wanting more fun, death-related anecdotes, head on over to our subscription podcast, Six Feet Under, where we have bonus content from our amazing guests and read through your real-life funeral tales. I think it was in the 80s. I think you're fine, Kathy. Oh, it was in the 80s. Jane knew what she was doing. (laughs) (laughs) I know Jane. I know. (laughs) Plus, you get all episodes completely ad-free. So, to find out how to subscribe, just go to wherethersawillthersawake.com. Right, Elizabeth, luckily we are very much in the fantasy realm here, so back to how you would like your perfectly planned funeral to go. So, where's it going to take place? Is it a church or...? Do you know, this is one of the things that I've really been thinking of and mulling over. I think it is going to be in a church. Mm. And it's not that I am religious, but I do have faith in something bigger than I am. Mm. And a church is a good representation of that. And what about your coffin? I, again, I think I'm just really traditional. I want it. I want a solid oak coffin, but I tell you what I want on the outside. Okay. I'm very into the idea of having an ancient Egyptian burial where I'm buried with things that I love that are meaningful to me, so like favourite books, pieces of jewellery, mm. and the outside of the coffin I would like plastered with photos of my loved ones, oh. like a collage of loved ones. Oh, nice. And do you want all your bits and pieces like in the coffin yes. with you? Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It might add to the weight of it all a bit, <laughs> wouldn't it? You know? What about your pallbearers? I mean, you've got, you've written this great book, Friendaholic. Yeah. So it's a bit like, I suppose, choosing who'd be your maid of honour. I, I mean, know. who's going to be the pallbearers? How can you choose with, between all these wonderful friends? Well, I'm not going to choose any of them. So oh. I'm going to escape there being any sort of uh, jealousy or misplaced envy by asking my godchildren. <laughs> And my nieces to be my pallbearers. Oh, nice. Because I'm because I'm assuming in my fancy death that I'm a very, very advanced age. Yes. They'll all be grown up, so they'll and there are thirteen of them. So they can bear the weight of my trinket laden coffin. <laughs> my God, thirteen godchildren. Yes. See, you I don't know, see, I don't, I I think I'm a horrible person because <laughs> You know, I've only I've only said yes a couple of times. I mean, I've base I've just said no straight oh. to people's faces. Well, that's amazing. <laughs> I find it very difficult to say no to anything. Oh, really? But I wish I could. I'd be much more enlightened. Mm. So you just say no. if someone's like, "Will he be godmother?" You say no. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, obviously, I, I've not said it because I have got. I think I've got. I've got two godchildren or three godchildren. Was it your book? Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, rather than God, they use the well, guide. guide. Yes. That's fabulous because my yes, eldest godchild, Bill, when he got to about sort of 15, he was like, you know, we're not, we're atheists, you know. Why are you, why are you a, 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 my godmother when we don't believe in God? And I said, oh, God. <laughs> I said, yeah, I don't know. I said, let's, well, what we decided on was I was his lifelong friend. That's lovely. But I actually think... Guide parent is, yeah. is better. Yeah, that's my friend Charmaine who coined that, and mm. I absolutely love it. So Charmaine had twins when she was 40. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> and, um, and asked me to be guide parent to both of them for precisely that reason. Nice. Yeah. I did get asked recently by my friend's son, Wilkie. He wrote me a letter asking me to be his special adult friend. Mm. <laughs> but he, he's 10, so it, well, it didn't mean anything beyond actually that. Um, <laughs> 
it's not a category on Pornhub. Um, but he and he said, I don't expect any presents. I just like to have a chat with you occasionally and share some salt and vinegar crisps now and then because that's our shared passion. Oh, that would be in my last meal too. A co-op salt and vinegar crisps. Oh. And that was really lovely because he'd sort of set the expectations. And I, I, so I don't send him birthday and Christmas presents, but it's a very special relationship. I think that's gorgeous. Yeah. And he just makes sure that you have good chats and, and salt and vinegar crisps. Do you like salt and vinegar crisps? I do. I'm, I'm Hesitation, Cathy. I'm more of a plain Jane. Are you? I am. It's the spuds. You just, you just it's like just that spuddy flavour. I do, I do. I just <laughs> like the taste of the spud. <laughs> right, so... Have you got somebody to do the eulogy for us? Elizabeth? I have. She's my best friend, Emma, mm. who is also a therapist, which is an incredible combination to have in one person. Yes. <laughs> it saves she, a bit of money, doesn't it? Really, it? it saves a lot of money. Um, and she knows me better than I know myself, but also calls me out on my bullshit. So, uh, And she's the funniest person I know. I'm here today to say a few words on behalf of my best friend, the dearly departed Elizabeth Day. As a child of the 90s, it seemed somehow fitting that she would be tragically lost to us when she slipped on a sun-dried tomato strewn on the polished marble floor of her Tuscan villa as she whipped up another of Jamie Oliver's feasts in five minutes. Grazing six foot and stunningly beautiful, with a double first from Cambridge, an award-winning podcast, a lifetime of show business success and number one bestsellers to her name, some might say she had it coming. But not me. <laughs> Beloved woman of the people, wife to Justin, loyal servant of Huxley, and friend to literally anyone who'd have her. Elizabeth was one of a kind. She was a gifted author, a talented interviewer, and an ever-curious historian, which is why we've decided to have her stuffed and mounted in the British Museum. It's what she would have wanted. But for now, let us drink margaritas, eat avocados, and dance to House of Pain, as for the very last time, we jump around her casket. <laughs> that was fabulous. <laughs> I particularly like the bit about sun-dried tomatoes from the 90s. Yes. I thought about them the other day, actually, thinking, oh, I remember when they suddenly became huge. Yes. They were very new labour, weren't they? Mm. Yes. Like 1997 and sun-dried tomatoes. Absolutely. Yes. That's very funny. Friend to literally anyone who have her is completely accurate. <laughs> I thought that was a wonderful eulogy. And she, she's uh, uh, an old friend. How long have you Yeah, been? well, we met in Freshers' Week at university, so that's it's, it's right. 25 years or something now that she's wow. known me. Yeah. See, that's good. And, oh, oh yeah, in Friendaholic, is she Swedish? No. Yeah, she's half Swedish. She's yeah, half Swedish, yes, them. yes. Oh. Well, that was very lovely, Emma. Well done. <laughs> well done. So... Buried or cremated. OK, so... I thought I wanted to be cremated because I have an innate fear of being buried alive. Which a lot of people do. Yeah. For me, it dates from a Stephen King novel that I read oh. at a very formative age. And I hate the idea. 
And uh, but then in preparation for coming on this podcast, I was talking to my husband about the things that I'd said. And I said, oh, I didn't want to be buried because I don't want to be buried alive. He was like, you do want to be buried. And mm-hmm. he kind of knew me better than I knew myself. <laughs> I was like, no, you're right. I think I do. He was like, I'll check mm. that you're actually dead. And then I think you should get buried. Right. So I've decided, I've changed my mind. I'm okay. going to get buried because I like the idea of having a tombstone and a place where people can visit me. And I love cemeteries. Right. I love wandering through old Brompton Cemetery in London and, uh-huh. and feeling that I could imagine the story behind the names that you see on the gravestones. Mm, very good. What would be on your gravestone, do you think? Um, she tried her best. <laughs> <laughs> I Elizabeth Day turned out her days were numbered. Or I would have my favourite quote, which is Only Connect. It's an E.M. Forster quote, and it's all mm-hmm. about how the thing that's most important is connection with yourself and others. So maybe that. Oh, very good. Oh, is that where the um, quiz show Only yes. Connect get, <laughs> their, get their title from? Yeah, annoyingly it is, because oh. I've got Only Connect tattooed on my wrist. Oh, no, people <laughs> think you love um, yeah. Bossa Chops, Victoria, Victoria Cora. Cora. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't not love her, but I wouldn't have a tattoo in homage to her. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing that you've got a tattoo of Only Connect. <laughs> yeah. What would I have? The Chase. Yeah, <laughs> University <laughs> Challenge down one other arm. <laughs> and you know someone's a right dick if they've got tipping points. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this short break. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, no, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Right, you've been laid to rest. Mm. You're in your beautiful coffin with all the photographs of friends. So what's the wake going to be like? What what sort of thing do you want going on? I would like my wake to be a karaoke wake. Nice. <laughs> a kawaikoki. Anyway, that didn't quite work, did it? There's a what? Karaoke. Karaoke. Thank you. Karaoke. <laughs> and I think this concept could really take off. I find karaoke so utterly joyous. Mm. I can't sing, but there's something about it where I lose my inhibitions and I just, it's an amazing feeling. And so I would like all of my loved ones to have that same feeling and I would like them to get drunk and sing songs together. See, I think that's great. And I think that's why karaoke was invented because the majority of us, I think, can't sing. Yeah. You know, and but singing is such a joyous life enhancing yes. thing to do. So it gives gives us all the opportunity to just blast out a song and no one's really judging you yeah. on whether you're a good singer or not. Exactly. I love it so much. I mean, yeah, there was a time last year when my husband and I just felt really stressed and there was too much in the diary. 
And I remember just booking a karaoke session just for the two of us on a Saturday afternoon. And it was brilliant. It was just what we needed. It completely transformed our mood. I think that's great. What a great bit of advice. (laughs) There you go. What a tip. (laughs) You know, just go out and book book a little karaoke room, just the two of you. And I think that's wonderful. Well, just on your own. Yeah. There's no law. I mean, would that be fun? Oh, by myself! <laughs> that would be a good one to sing if oh you're my on God, your own. We have to do karaoke together. <laughs> that would be so fun. Um, so, karaoke, lovely, and uh, food and booze and... Yeah, lots of both. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I feel like whiskey's a very good wake drink. Oh, do you? Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of whiskey, a lot of... I mean, my favourite drinks margaritas as emma said a dry vodka martini mm. just loads of drinks on tap nice yeah. and what sort of music because we, we've, we've heard about well emma said house of pains jump around yes. is a big favorite it is that's one of my favorite tracks of all time just mm. because again as soon as those chords start i feel my heart lift and as previously mentioned i can't sing but i can sort of rap so I can do a good, a convincing rendition of How Spain Jump Around. Um, I think, I mean, there'll be music already, won't there, because of the karaoke. Yes. So I'm happy to leave that up to my my congregation. <laughs> they can choose what they want to listen to after the karaoke's ended. And you, you see, you can't say I'm I'm quite good at rap without oh, no. Goddess Charlie saying in my hero. I need to hear a rap. I don't think I... I, I <laughs> this is so excruciating because there's no backing track. That's all right. I could. What do I do? <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> what is it that, that the kids do? Pack it do? up, pack it in, let me begin. I came to win, battle me, that's a sin. I get that. That's how it's pain. That's nice. as much as you're getting. Very good. The other one I do is Skilos, I wish. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I was like six foot four and a baller. It's great. great. I mean, it's, it's much better when you're in a karaoke session. I think this is really impressive. You're way too kind. It's really <laughs> impressive. I don't know any raps. Not off by heart. I, I don't know any. Do I? But you must have learned lines in your, and so you clearly have the capacity. I, yeah, I do, but I've, I've obviously never been asked. <laughs> no, very good. Very good rapping. So, karaoke, margarita on tap. Are you going to haunt anyone do you think i think i'd like to do friendly haunting like i'd like to just come back and reassure people that i'm still i'm still looking over their shoulder so don't be too happy oh I'm right here i don't think that's going to be too reassuring <laughs> that, that somebody has this ghostly presence <laughs> but you want to be friendly how would you let people know you're you're a friendly ghost I would probably turn up with cheese. Oh, very good. But I think also I'd like to be a ghost. You know they're doing all these podcast series now about hauntings and ghosts. That'd oh, be quite are they? Cool to be, yeah, it'd be quite. Not cool. another fucking podcast. <laughs> How many podcasts, honestly, do we need? I know. Elizabeth? Is there any subject that doesn't have a podcast <sighs> about it? That's what we need to know. Um, yeah, so a bit of a bit of sort of friendly haunting. Mm. Well, it's basically about it's like being invisible. It's a kind of a superpower. Yes. So it would be quite interesting to go and haunt people that are fascinated, like Kim Kardashian. Oh She's yeah. Around. It would just be quite interesting to see what a day in her life is like. Well, you're well, you're wafting cheese under her nose <laughs> every now and again just to freak her out a bit. <laughs> yes. Are you a fan of the Kardashians? Um, 
I love reality TV. Same. Oh, thank God. Because you yeah, never yeah. know how that's going to land when you say it to someone. Oh, God. Especially in the old... When I was still an actor, honestly, yeah. you couldn't you couldn't fucking say you like reality TV. You get shouted at. Yeah. I remember when I first started saying I really like Big Brother. Oh, the early seasons of Big Brother were incredible. Amazing. And yet fellow actors would be, this is outrageous. You shouldn't say they're going to ruin our industry. Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 no. But maybe there's room for everything. And also, I sort of felt something like Big Brother. It was it was free studying for actors. Exactly that. You know, it was great in that way, the early days. Yeah. I feel exactly the same about really good reality TV, that as a novelist, it's amazing material for yes. me. Yes. I get to watch and study how humans interact and people who have vastly different lives from my own. Yeah. But the things that connect us, the things that don't, the, the funny moments, I, I'm obsessed with it. So I, I love the Real Housewives franchises. Right. And partly because it's vanishingly rare to see women of that age. So they're generally like over 50 okay. interact on screen in scripted drama like mm. there's big groups of the and it's taught me so much about kind of female friendship and I write about it in Friendaholic I write about a scene in The Real Housewives of Atlanta where Cynthia Bailey gets Nene Leakes to sign a friendship contract uh, so I love The Real Housewives <laughs> and I like some of the Kardashians I mean I don't like it as much as The Real Housewives or as much as the early seasons of Big Brother Right. but I still do think it's it's it can be a riveting window onto the lives of the super rich and famous. Right. And actually, the interesting thing for me with the Kardashians is the interaction between the sisters. Okay. And as a family unit, I find yeah. that perpetually interesting. Yes. I, I've never, ever watched the Kardashians, and I think I might start watching it, going back to the very beginning, because I think it would actually be fascinating now to see how everything started to get massive and massive and yeah. how they got sort of more groomed and more work done and yes. sort of chiseled themselves into uh, this bevy of beauties that they are. And and also I sort of think it's great that they've made absolute piles of money. Yeah. You know? It, it's a document of our times, really. Yeah, yeah. Like the amount that reality TV has shaped the culture that we live in yeah. is unfathomable. I mean, Donald Trump was elected president of the United States because he was on The Apprentice, basically. Yeah. yeah, I just think that people dismiss reality TV at their peril and they can be very snobbish about it, but I do love it. I'm with you. Thank you, Kathy. I love it too. <laughs> Bring it on. Did you watch The Traitors? Yes. Oh, very good. Wilf. Yes. Oh, master I, manipulator. Oh, uh, well, see, I liked Wilf. Oh, Everyone me too. was against Wilf. <laughs> oh, I was manipulated into liking him. Oh, I think good. he's great. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think I like the American one better. Really? Because I started mm. watching that and I couldn't get into it because my heart was still with the UK one. Oh, uh, maybe it was too soon. Yeah, I think it was too soon. It I'll was try too it again. Soon. Give the American one a watch. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, very good. Good old Claudia and her fringe. Oh, she's the best. The will. So what you got and who's getting it? I actually just don't really care. Oh, good for you. I feel like they can sort it out. Yeah. I don't I don't care. Uh-huh. I've shuffled off the mortal coil and I mean I don't want to create unnecessary admin for people. Uh, yeah. But I feel I'll probably just leave it all to my survive my closest surviving loved one. Okay. So 
I'll leave it to Justin because he's going to be there in my fantasy death. And he's got to do a lot of other sorting out, so he might as well sort out the will as well. He's brilliant at sorting stuff out. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah, he's got lots of... He doesn't even have paperwork. He has it on his phone, on the computer, in the cloud. Right. Somewhere. That's so (laughs) organised. It's so organised. Yeah, yeah, people like that do. I mean, I'm just jealous of them. Me too. So is there anything you wouldn't want to be found? Yes, I wouldn't Mm. want my WhatsApp messages to be found. Okay. Only because... I definitely have said things in there in in jest, mm. but as aforementioned, I do sometimes feel like a cauldron of seething petty rage, and sometimes I have let vent to people mm. about situations or other people, yeah. and it's been extremely funny, but I don't necessarily want said people to read those messages about them because it, they were said in the heat of the moment. And I think that's quite a common thing. I think it's very common. Yeah. And I, I think we all have a little rant and a rage about everybody, you know? So, uh, yeah, WhatsApp messages. You should just delete all. Well, one of my friends has introduced this new function on WhatsApp where messages disappear after 24 hours. Which I didn't know about. So now <laughs> the messages in that group chat are disappearing. But I find myself somewhat mm. nostalgic and longing to... Because I quite like reading through them sometimes. Well, sometimes as well. Sometimes <laughs> I have to scroll back because I think, fuck me, I've forgotten this person's child's name. Exactly. Let me scroll exactly. back when they <laughs> mention this fucking kid I and I can, you know, remember what they were called. <laughs> and, then, and then I get very pleased with myself. And I go, oh, how's... <laughs> How's Bo? You know, I'm in the car. Oh, so lovely of you to remember. <laughs> so I do think a history of WhatsApp messages are quite necessary. Yeah. So, Elizabeth Day, we're nearly at the end of the episode. And just like we've reached the end of your sad, sorry, pathetic life. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining me today. It's been absolutely brilliant. I'm picking your passing on. But before we release your spirit, into the afterlife for all eternity. We've got one more thing to add to your legacy. So no pressure, but what are... Famous last words. Well, I'm hoping that I won't, in the gliding passage towards death be reciting my favourite raps because it would be <laughs> as much as I love House of Pain Jump Around I don't think I'd want them to be my final words okay. I think I would like my famous last words to be directed to Justin and Emma uh-huh. we had fun didn't we yes I think that's lovely that's maybe a bit choked up <laughs> <laughs> we did have fun that's I've had lovely. so much fun today yeah, just discussing good. my death Thank you. Who well, knew it could be so hilarious? Well, that's it, you know, light-hearted, mm. you know. It can be oh, she, she's going. Is she going? She's going. Oh, she's gone. Well, you know what they say, it's not over until Satan sings. So, join me and Elizabeth Day on the subscription podcast Six Feet Under, where we rifle through your death-related anecdotes and take it to the grave. Head to wherethersawillthersawake.com for all the details on how to subscribe. You've been listening to Where There's a Will, There's a Wake with me, Kathy Burke. This is a Sony Music Entertainment production. 
My senior producer is Charlie Morrell and my producers are Naya Dio and Katie Bowden, or as I like to call them, my producer goddesses. Sound engineering by Gulliver Tickle. Production coordinator is Archon Mohalay. Marketing by Abby Brock. Additional production and development from Chris Skinner. Original music written and performed by Jonathan Rathbone. The executive producer is Ollie Wilson. <laughs>